And welcome to our sixth episode of COVID Convos. And uh, I'm thrilled to be here um, and introduce you to Katie Comptus. I probably should have checked that pronunciation before I uh, before we started this episode. I've just realized I missed that. But uh, Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you, thrilled to be here. So just a little bit of a background on Katie before we uh, get into it. Uh, Katie is a uh, board certified executive coach. She's a MAP student and she also has a background in clinical counseling. I believe that's, uh, that's what we discussed before the show. Um, so a very interesting mix of positive psychology with more of the traditional methods. And um, she lives in Denver um, in the United States. So a really interesting um, time to, I guess, hear about what's happening over there with um, the coronavirus sort of starting to um, progress through the US. So I'm looking forward to hearing a lot, or we're looking forward to having a, uh, hearing a lot about uh, how everything's progressing um, and how she's seeing things in her immediate uh, life. And I should also welcome Simon uh, to the show. How are you, Simon? Yeah, good. Thanks, Grigsy. Um, yeah, looking forward to uh, another good episode. Excellent. So, uh, Katie, do you want to start off by saying uh, sort of how you're seeing everything at the moment in, um, in your area? Sure. I'm happy to. And thank you so much again for having me on. Um, so I live just west of Denver in Colorado. And um, the last week has been extraordinary, um, really. Um, I think it was, it was this past Thursday when um, people really started realizing that uh, the coronavirus was a true pandemic. And um, we all reacted um, pretty universally, I say, in my immediate area with panic, fear, anger, frustration, <laughs> all of the really sort of dark um, emotions that we experience as human beings. Um, seeing the, the stock market start to go crazy um, and also not getting super clear messages from our leadership here in the United States um, about what we should be doing um, was created like a frenzy. So, um, and ever since then, ever since, you know, Thursday of last week, I think people have just been trying to take things hour by hour um, because things are changing so drastically so quickly. So last week, I would say um, we were really, really, really concerned about uh, making sure that the elderly in the United States was safe. Um, and I would also say in general, younger people thought that we could live our lives pretty much close to like normal. And now six days later, um, there's a lot of self-quarantining. Uh, young people are, you know, restaurants are shut down, bars are shut down. Some cities are choosing to um, put, you know, increasingly um, strict mandates on whether or not we're allowed to leave our homes. Um, so things have escalated very quickly, as well as the numbers that um, we're seeing in the United States with, um, with cases of coronavirus, as well as deaths. Um, everything, I mean, like I said, hour by hour, it's getting a little crazier and crazier. Wow, that, that certainly sounds like it, Katie. What, what's it mean um, for your sort of day-to-day -day life? Are you, 
at home trying to keep work going over the internet, um, juggling kids, um, you know, what, what's your, how's your daily routine been affected? Yeah, um, it's affected everyone's daily routine. Uh, luckily, my, my work as an executive coach is 99% remote anyway. So for me, from um, trying to keep a small business moving forward and uh, my day-to-day -day work um, has basically stayed the same with one major exception to that, which is my child is now home. So um, all, all kids in the United States have been mandated to stay home. So yes, I am a, um, a full-time working parent who's trying to navigate homeschooling uh, with, again, trying to keep a small business afloat and then also care um, for the best way I could possibly care for my clients. Um, and, and their organizations as well. So I work primarily with senior level executives, um, for the most part sitting in the C-suite of their orgs. And so I'm trying to provide whatever value I can provide to them to help them um, keep their businesses running, keep their employees engaged, happy, um, thriving as best they can in this crazy time of uncertainty. So mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. And yeah. also my, my husband's home from home working as well from home. So um, mm. lots of moving parts. Mm. And, and Katie, how are you, um, I guess, how are you going with working with those executives? What, what sort of things are you seeing um, in terms of themes uh, across the board in your work? So um, it's a great question. Uh, one really strong theme I'm seeing across the board right now is how do my clients, the leaders of their businesses, balance the short-term urgency um, of a lot of, um, you know, the, the tactical things that they need to do as business leaders to ensure that their employees um, stay employed, um, stay engaged, stay involved um, in the business um, uh, and also calm their fears, right? So it's like, how do we make sure that the business moves forward while also caring for our employees as human beings, short-term needs, and also trying to figure out longer-term, what is this pandemic going to mean for this unique business? Mm -hmm. um, where do I see the opportunities in the future, you know, that we can take advantage of now to set ourselves up for business post-crisis, global crisis? And that, as, as you guys know, it's really hard to do that when you're in survival mode. You know, we, we are all, we've all find ourselves right now in this moment in survival mode. Our brains have not evolved all that much since, you know, we are caveman ancestors. So, you know, right now, the, the future is uncertain. People are scared. People, are, people don't know um, what their futures look like. And what do we do as human beings? We catastrophize. We think worst case scenario. And when we're in that state of panic and when we're thinking sort of doom and gloom, it's really, really, really hard to think creatively, to think outside the box, to think, to think in the future. Um, and that's what these business leaders need to do in order to provide a vision for their employees on what's to come post-pandemic. It's a tough, tough thing. 
Oh, I could imagine, um, Katie, I don't run a business, but um, just for myself at home, I'm, yeah, I can definitely relate to, to what you're talking about there, about that sort of mindset closing in and um, with the, the fear and the uncertainty and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there anything um, you could, um, that you're um, sort of using or discussing with your clients um, about how to um, work or, or get around that sort of situation, which might be applicable to other people out there listening? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there are a few staples that we can all lean on as we're trying to, um, you know, move forward and just get through the day to day um, as positively um, as possible. Um, First and foremost, self care is huge. Um, And so in whatever way you can, you know, my, my husband, daughter, and I, my, my, I have a seven-year-old daughter. My husband and I are all self-quarantined right now because um, my father um, is showing some signs of coronavirus, and we hope that he doesn't have it, obviously, but um, we find ourselves all of a sudden self-quarantining, and um, we realize that if we don't take care of ourselves, <laughs> we will snap at each other. So finding, making the time to do the important things like exercising, meditating, um, doing activities that invoke positive emotions and not just joy, but things like gratitude, right? Awe. Um, my, my daughter, my husband and I, every night we go to our whiteboard in our, um, in our laundry room and we write down the three things for which we're grateful for from that day. We try to savor those positive things that happened during the day. Um, so self-care, um, mm-hmm. uh, eating as healthy as possible, you know, mm-hmm. sleeping our eight hours, creating boundaries around the news, Right, creating boundaries around the the the, um, the darkness that is that streaming news. If I turn on the television, I know it's only going to be for five or ten minutes. I'm not going to let it stay on in the background. Um, so self care mm. is number one for sure. That um, that's something that we've spoken about a bit. Actually, the news, um, the fact you can really get hooked into this doomsday news um, feed because it's just so easily accessible. Um, and I think the recommendation that we, we sort of, we gave out was, you know, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, because not a lot's going to really change in between those times. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you can really get sucked in, can't you? And yeah. I, I've actually found myself, um, not following that advice today. Um, so even after speaking about it and discussing these concepts on a daily basis, you've really got to keep yourself in check. Um, so it's interesting to hear, hear it being brought up a number of times the, um, and I guess that's the motivation behind what we're doing here is to try and hopefully give people something that they can access where it is discussing the topic, but in a more, uh, yeah, more positively framed opportunity based way. So, um, I'm interested, Katie, uh, to shift a little bit, if you don't mind for a sec, um, and just discuss a little bit about your experience at uh, the UPenn MAP uh, program, which is uh, highly regarded, would be an understatement. Um, and and how, I guess what you, what you take from your time there, which was, uh, you said to us in 2012, um, you mm-hmm. finished up. So interested to hear a little bit about it. 
Yeah, the MAP program um, at the University of Pennsylvania, um, headed up by uh, or founded by uh, Dr. Marty Seligman, who is really considered to be the father of positive psychology, uh, is an extraordinary program. Um, I, I, there, I can't even come up with the words um, for how much that program meant to me personally as well as professionally. Um, it provided me with the opportunity to figure out how to um, take the latest research that's being done in this relatively new field of psychology, positive psychology, and apply it to um, other interests of mine. So I came from a, came from a clinical background. I came. Um, I was a I was a practicing mental health. Uh, counselor when I went into the MAP program and I came out of the MAP program knowing that I wanted to bring positive psychology back to business which is where I started my career um, and so uh, over the course of the year at the MAP program um, I learned about those things that enable us to thrive as individuals as well as learn some really good practices um, and theory around what enables um, leaders and businesses uh, to thrive. And so coming out of that program years ago, um, I decided to pursue a new career as a, an executive coach applying uh, the findings of positive psychology and that work. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Um, I think when, uh, when push comes to shove, uh, what I highlight most often with my executive clients about positive psychology is the um, is the PERMA framework, um, you know, what contributes to our well-being, positive emotions, engagement, relationships, meaning and purpose, and a sense of accomplishment. And there are so many unique and creative ways that business leaders can apply that, um, you know, those that structure to their lives as leaders within organizations um, that I have really rich, rich conversations with executives about PERMA. And I do add the V in PERMA V, so V for vitality, um, self-care, um, because I do find a lot of my executives can benefit from taking much better care of themselves and their health and, and protecting the time to do that in addition to all the other things. Um, Katie, do you find um, uh, with, is there anything work in the work with your clients, whether it's sort of normally or over the last week when things have really changed by the sound of it? Um, for example, any, any of those elements of PERMA, um, including the V, are any of those sort of standouts to people um, sort of resonate with one or the other more? Yeah, I would say meaning and purpose is a really, um, really popular and powerful tenant that uh, resonates greatly with business leaders. Most of my clients are responsibility, are responsible for setting the strategic vision for their organizations. And uh, my most responsible uh, values-driven clients are trying to establish visions, uh, a vision for their business that um, allows their employees to tap into something that's much larger than what they do on the day-to-day. -day. It's not just a vision statement that they slap on the wall um, that sounds pretty or that um, means something to their shareholders. Um, it's something that's really more values driven from um, the organization from the ground up and that people can really um, make a very easy connection 
um, between what it is they're doing day to day to something much larger than themselves. So that's the one that jumps out the most. Yeah, great. Um, and I suppose, um, you know, really applicable to the current situation. I think it was um, Viktor Frankl who said, if you have a why, you can put up with any what. So having that long-term overarching guiding sort of uh, purpose for your life can really help you sort of get through the daily the daily grind or the ups and downs or, or whatever it might be so could be super helpful in these um challenging times in particular absolutely i would actually say not only super helpful but also in like so important right mm. um uh, we need to be working towards a light I do talk with my clients all the time about how um, if we are not consciously doing things that move us closer to a brighter tomorrow, it's very easy for us to get sucked into the darkness of what's happening right now in this moment during this crisis. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, so having that vision, that, that really strong sense of meaning and purpose is that light. And I think yeah. it's necessary for people to have that to work yeah. effectively through this. Katie, I'm interested to, to hear about um, the, I guess, awareness of positive psychology and well-being um, within business leaders and, and businesses in general within the US. Like, for example, are people familiar with your qualification? Um, are people responsive when you say I work in the or I apply positive psychology? Mm -hmm. um, what sort of the feel? Um... It's a great question. Um, and it's still all over the place. Um, I mean, I should actually say it's all over the place, which is, uh, which is better than it was back in 2013 when I really started talking about positive psychology uh, with potential clients and businesses. Um, back in 2013, seven years ago, wow, it's crazy. Um, people really had not yet heard of positive psychology. Now I would say it's, it's, it's a good mix. Um, most of my clients are tech companies. And for the most part, their, their chief of people and HR folks are familiar with positive psychology. And that's actually one of the reasons why I get hired um, to work with organizations because of my credential. Um, in other industries um, that, I, that I work with, um, I'm doing a lot of educating still on what positive psychology is. Yeah, that's, that's um, interesting because we've spent a bit of time off, off camera talking about uh, the, I guess, the perception of our qualification mm. and, or even just the field, I guess, to be less self-interested, just, just the field and the, um, understanding of well-being. because I guess what I'm, what I've sort of seen over in Europe at the, cause I'm currently living in Belgium is that there's less of an interest in, in well-being, even though mm. that there seems to be a lot of talk about burnout here, um, mm. You, you mentioned well-being and, and people sort of give you that look. It's, it seems to be that mindset of 20 or 30 years ago where you just, you're just about the bottom line. So uh, I was interested with America sort of being the home of, of Poz Psych. Well, not sort of. It, it really is because all the conferences, the world conferences have been held there for up until last year. And the UPenn being the, uh, the founding sort of uh, university to see how whether that was really the hub as well or um but i guess it is a big country so um 
obviously still a bit of work to do there then. Big country with diverse um, pockets. Um, you know, for example, the, the finance industry is one industry that I would consider to be like sort of way behind in their awareness of some of the, um, some of the things that um, really extraordinary business schools are, are doing to uh, connect uh, the field of positive psychology and business, whereas tech is sort of ripe for, um, ripe for this type of stuff, primarily run by millennials who are just um, more interested in the science of well-being. And I actually agree, see, I actually avoid using the word well-being when I'm talking to potential clients. Um, I talk about positive psychology as being the science behind what makes people thrive. Um, and that, that resonates. Um, you know, it's not about fixing people that are broken. It's about taking extraordinary people and um, providing them with the tools they need to fulfill their potential, to maximize their impact as leaders, specifically in my work. Um, and, that, and that hits the mark. That, that resonates with most, most folks. Yeah, it's so funny that, um, you know, probably the the work that you would do would be very similar, if not the same, even though you're calling it different things, but to make, make it resonate, uh, I guess, with different audience, with a different audience, you need to sometimes use different terminology, which is, I guess, something that is just smart, smart business, isn't it? <laughs> a lot of trial and error <laughs> over the years. You know, I've been self-employed for quite some time now um, and a lot of experimentation with the language I use um, and sort of um, how I choose to educate folks about what positive psychology might mean for their unique businesses. Yeah. Mm. Well, the, um, my time has just gone off. Um, I was going to say, uh, Simon, did you have a, another question before we uh, sort of wind up for the, for the session? I did have another question if I've got a couple of minutes, but I just wanted to sneak in a little correction if I can. I think I mentioned uh, that quote before about if you, if you have a why, you can put up with any what is coming from Viktor Frankl, the, the godfather of meaning and purpose. But I actually think it came from the philosopher Nietzsche. So... Um, before all of our, um, our followers out there jump on and uh, in the comment section and get stuck into me, I thought I'd better just slip that in. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong though, but that's just what I thought. But I just wanted to, just as part of our, um, our focus, Katie, of trying to not dwell um, too much on the negative or the downside, or um, it's still, still obviously paying attention to it, but also trying to look at um, the upside or the positives or the, um, the strengths or um, whatever it might be that, that are coming out of the current situation. We, I'm just keen to ask us, has there been anything that's come out of this uh, coronavirus that's um, surprised, uh, inspired or encouraged you or maybe even made you laugh? Mm. Uh, there's a lot that's going on in our country right now that is that is inspiring. Um, I I have a really deep interest in um, the developing and growing field of conscious capitalism, and um, you know these are the businesses out there that are not only interested in their quarterly earnings, the bottom line, um, the value, the monetary value that they're providing to their shareholders. Um, these are the businesses that are doing right by all of their stakeholders, including their employees and their vendors and the environment and society and community and their communities and all that. And there are, there have been, I get daily emails from businesses that are sharing the wonderful things, actions that they're taking 
to take care of their local communities, to take care of the elderly in their communities, to take care of their employees who may not get a paycheck for the foreseeable future. Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's not only inspiring, but it, it literally takes my breath away. Um, how people are, the best of humanity is showing up, um, which is extraordinary. Um, I also think it's really nice to see some of my clients who, you know, are executives, busy, bu busy business people, showing appreciation for the fact that now that they're working from home and their kids aren't in school, they get to take their lunch breaks and play with their kids outside. And mm -hmm in thoroughly enjoying that time and savoring that time with their kids. Um, I think there are gonna be a lot of really important lessons learned coming out of this crisis. And I just hope that life isn't business as usual um, mm. once the coronavirus is no longer an imminent threat. I hope that people are learning really important lessons in this moment and, will, um, and won't forget what's most important. Yeah. Yeah, that's sure. that's really such important advice. Um, I mean, it is so easy to forget and move on from from major um life-changing events if you don't sit and and find the time to reflect on on what's uh, what's important to you and what's changed for you and continue to allow that to impact you beyond the event. Um I think there's, you know, there's just as many people who've had life-changing um, or, you know, near-death experiences who have then gone back and done the exact same thing that they vowed they'd never do again, as there are people who um, who then go on and change it all and and turn their life upside down. Um, I'm just speaking completely out of my backside there, to put, use an Australian term. Um, I have no idea on the numbers, but that's, that's just a feeling that I've got, just keeping this show really science-based, Simon. <laughs> just throw some numbers in, Grigsy. <laughs> I, I misquoted someone, so you can throw in some numbers out of your backside. Well, yeah. you know, we, we, don't know, we don't know what's going to happen in the near and distant future. Uh, no one really quite understands the gravity of the situation that we're facing, and let's hope that it's not as bad as it could be. Um, but there is something known as post-traumatic growth, right? Um, in, um, you know, uh, on the heels of experiencing true trauma, there are people who come out of it um, having, becoming better people, having grown, having learned. And I just hope that the learnings that people are experiencing day to day um, about the bright side of humanity, I hope they stick. I hope they're sticky so that we remember them and that perhaps we change our lives. Um, on the, once, the, once the crisis has passed, I'm hoping that people continue to do the good things that I see them doing today. I think that's a really good spot to, to uh, finish on, Katie. It's been really a, an amazing opportunity to chat with you and um, we're, well over, we're well over our 20 minute uh, time there and I feel like we could just go on and on and on um, talking to you. Um, I just want to thank you for being here and, and taking a chance on somebody who you don't really know, um, sending you a, a LinkedIn message based on a couple of posts that I saw you putting out that were just amazing. Um, so thank you so much for, for taking the opportunity to, um, to uh, and the time out of your day to chat to us and the chance that I could, um, that I could have been a complete uh, weirdo. So thank you very much uh, for, for trusting me. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Time very well spent. And I hope that um, folks... 
can learn a thing or two about how to better navigate the, um, the crisis that we find ourselves in today. Thank you for that the time. Thanks a lot, Katie.